Do you feel there's more to life and question why others always seem to get the good stuff instead of you? Do you feel uncomfortable when you're given an unexpected gift and instead of gracefully accepting, perhaps you negotiate with that person so you feel better? Are you asking now, what could these two different questions possibly have in common regarding living your best life? Well, friend, pull up a chair and let's dig in. Hey friend, do you believe God is calling you to a life of more but not sure what that looks like or where to begin? Are you navigating a big life transition, loss, or facing disappointment because life doesn't look the way you expected? Are you questioning your passion or even wondering how to love your life again? If you're ready to discover how you can become the strong, confident, resilient woman God created you to be, unafraid to chase your dreams or color outside the lines, you're in the right place. I'm Sherry Shipley, a Jesus-loving, motorcycle-riding mom, funny and loyal friend who's been around just long enough to have lived through some incredible life experiences, weathered a few storms, and come out stronger on the other side. It's time to let God light our path so we can find our way to live with great joy and purpose in spite of life's circumstance. So grab your favorite beverage and let's dig in. Why do we, especially as givers, struggle so much with demonstrating the grace of receiving? You know, I've always considered myself to be a giver, and until last year, it was never a comfortable receiver. I was the queen of bargaining when someone offered me a gift. You know, the, oh, okay, you buy me lunch this time, but next time it's on me. Have you ever done that? Or how about the person who tries to refuse gifts that, oh, I can't accept this response? Did you ever act like you didn't want or appreciate someone's gift? You really didn't need to do this. Yep, I'm guilty of all three, but thankfully that's no longer true for me. So what's the difference now? How was I able to reframe that thinking? And when I did, how did that impact other areas of my life? Well, I'm about to share that, okay? So this last weekend, I was at a brunch celebrating with a group I volunteer with through my church. Now, I had met the organizer of that group about 13 months ago in a circumstance totally unrelated to what this brunch was celebrating. Now, I met him when he showed up at my home, well, what was left of my home at the time, with uh, three more carloads of people. You see, they came to help after Hurricane Ian had run through uh, my community, run amok through my community, and had caused boatloads of damage to my home. They brought food and bottled water, and then they spent hours working alongside me. We had to wear boots and gloves because of all the water damage, and in spite of the heat, we had to wear masks because you know of all the exposed insulation that was still floating around. Let me tell you, it was not pretty. But it was the first of many precious gifts that I've received this last year. And those gifts allowed me to save and rebuild my home. And that day, that day in particular, that was the birth of my discovering how to receive from others with grace and gratitude. So let me fast forward back to the brunch that I just mentioned. There were seven of us at the table. We were enjoying great food and conversation when my friend, the one that I just mentioned had been in my home a year ago, he asked how I was doing, you know, how are things going and if the rebuild was done. Now that led others at the table to ask him what he was talking about. So he got to share his memories of that devastation and um, the difference that he felt he and his friends made that week. 
and then I shared my current status. And, and then I included the fact that every piece of furniture that I now own was gifted to me by lots of different people. Now, I had just met the couple that was sitting across from me, and they were amazed at my story. Um, the husband then admitted right away, he goes, he would have found it difficult, very difficult to be in that position. And then, of course, his wife immediately jumped in, and she agreed that he really had a tough time accepting help from anyone. Now, this couple had brought cake and coffee to the brunch, homemade cake, his favorite, actually. And, you know, now that doesn't sound like much, and I am a tea girl, I'm not a coffee drinker, but all morning, everyone had been raving about this man's coffee. And several times I heard him answer those compliments by explaining it was a very special blend. And, and he said, and I quote, that he loved whenever he had the opportunity to share it with others. So when he told me how difficult it is for him to receive, I looked at him and I said, you know, grab that fork and make a fist. So he questioned me and I just repeated the request. I said, grab that fork and make a fist. You know, so he did. And then I handed him a piece of that cake and I said, here, I want you to have this. Please, please take it. So he looked at his fist, his closed fist, and then he looked at me and he goes, I can't. And I said, no, you can't. Until you release what you're tightly holding, you can't receive anything new. And furthermore, I said, you denied me the pleasure, the joy, you know, that same joy you feel when you share your special coffee blend. Why would you want to deny me the same joy you feel when you give? All right, you know, hearing me say this out loud here, um, Maybe this was one of those moments you needed to be there to understand or feel the power. But, you know, hopefully I've explained that well enough. Because you see, the grace required for giving is not the same grace required for receiving. Receiving with grace, it's a heart posture. You know, but you, but you have to be open to receive. So what strongholds are keeping you from releasing what no longer serves you? What is it that you're holding so tightly to that you aren't able to receive the goodness and the abundance and the great gifts that are yours? So here's three strongholds that are common to the difficult receiver. Now, spoiler alert here, each of these items has a ton of different layers, which I can't cover in one episode. So be prepared. We're probably going to be digging deep on each of these in future episodes. But for today, though, I'm just going to call this becoming aware because awareness is key for transformation. Once you see something, you know, once you become aware, once you know it exists, it can't be unseen. Awareness is like planting the seed for future transformation. All right. But for now, here goes. First stronghold, number one, pride. Whew, pride, that's a big one. So in scripture, in John 13, actually, you know, Jesus had begun to prepare to leave this world and return to the Father. He had poured water in a basin and he began to wash the feet of his disciples. Now, can you imagine what a beautiful gift that was? But in verse 8, so John 13, verse 8, Peter responds with a stern refusal to Jesus. He says, never shall you wash my feet. Peter's pride kept him from allowing this beautiful gift from Jesus. You know, another stubborn form of pride is 
believing that if we accept someone's gift, it implies that you're inferior to the giver. And, you know, with today's society, we just don't like being in that position. So we resist or we try to refuse the gift, you know, that, well, you didn't have to do this kind of response. So I ask, you know, have you ever refused to show grace in receiving because of your pride? All right. Number two, selfishness and fear. Okay, you can buy my lunch this time, but I insist on buying your lunch next time. Why do we do this? We reduce the gift to merely being alone, and then you make plans of how to pay it back. I don't know how I can ever repay you. That's another common response that we give. It's not supposed to be repaid. It's a gift. Just smile and say thank you. You know, do you feel if someone shows an act of kindness that you must reciprocate to balance the ledger, to pay back a debt? When did a gift become a debt that must be paid? A gift is not a loan, and to frame it that way robs the giver of the grace of giving with no strings attached. You know, um, in scripture, John 3.16, I mean, that's a well-known, well-loved. Um, he, God so loved the world, he gave his son. Now, scripture doesn't say he loaned his son. It says he gave his son. The giver does not want to be paid back by you. To feel that, to feel like that robs you of the joy and the grace of receiving and the giver the joy and grace of giving. So can you accept a gift without a repayment plan? And then number three, guilt, self-worth. All right, I told you these were items that we were going to come back and discuss deeper in another episode. But for right now, guilt and self-worth. Has someone ever given you a gift or done an act of kindness only for you to downplay it to the point where the giver questioned if they were even appreciated? Have you ever felt guilty receiving something that's been given to you because you don't feel worthy? Oh, that's too expensive. I can't accept that. Well, you know, guilt can kill our gratitude and guilt definitely kills the joy for the giver. A gift is not given because you deserve it. And it may not be given because you want it. A gift is given because the giver wants to express their love or appreciation to you. Your challenge is whether to gratefully and graciously receive it. I mean, how can God teach the the grace of giving if no one is willing to show the grace of receiving? You know, in order for this to happen, you've got to be willing to be blessed by receiving. So I'll give you one more example. Mark 14. So a woman came to Jesus with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. A perfume that was worth a year's wages. A totally extravagant, totally unnecessary gift. Now some of those who were present objected to the waste, but not Jesus. He scolded them. Mark 14 verse 6. Leave her alone. Why do you bother her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. So, you know, Jesus didn't need this gift. He wasn't hoping for this gift. He didn't feel compelled to pay back this gift. He just expressed the grace of receiving and allowed the woman to experience the joy and the grace of giving. So letting ourselves receive deeply and graciously is a gift back to the giver. So now here are two ways we can develop the grace of receiving well, and that's practicing mindfulness and prayer. All right, so now what is mindfulness? Mindfulness is being fully present in the moment, aware of your thoughts and feelings. 
Mindfulness encourages us to pay attention to what we're experiencing in the present moment. But practicing mindfulness can take us to a whole new level when you remember that God is always present with us. Colossians 3.2 says, Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. And Philippians 2, verse 2 says, Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. The next time someone offers a compliment or a gift, notice how it makes you feel. What's happening in your body? Can you replace the discomfort with a caring connection? Bringing mindfulness to the uncomfortable might actually allow you to be more present for the present. You know, receiving can feel selfish until you realize that it is an act that gives joy to the giver. When we receive with tender self-compassion, we're allowing ourselves to be touched by life's gifts. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God has forgiven you. When we become more comfortable with receiving from others, the more our hearts soften. We take on the heart posture that enables us to see and receive the gifts available to us. It becomes so much easier to see all the goodness, abundance, and gifts God has for us. Living with a rhythm of giving and receiving keeps us balanced and nourished. We become lighter, we gain momentum from the joy of receiving, and we're building a strong foundation for abundant living with peace and great joy. Well, friends, that's all I've got for today. I hope this blessed you in some way, and I'll see you next week. Hey, real quick before you go, if you found value in today's show, I would love for you to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a written review. Not only do I love hearing how the show impacted you, but it helps other women to discover this podcast. I'd also love to connect with you on social media, inside my Facebook group, Seeking Happy, Finding Joy, or on Instagram at sherryshipley.coach. I'll see you soon.